I'm not surprised. <laughs> I keep saying, man, I don't throw in hope. I aim and fire. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f he wants. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. Oh, H to the OV. I used to move snowflakes by the Welcome back to another edition of The Casuals. I'm your host, Dane LaCorey, joined alongside anonymous Tony Ferguson fan. Today, the first annual Casuals MMA Awards presented by proper number 12 Irish whiskey. Um, I yeah, I mean, we're big time now. All of our <laughs> nine listeners and us, sponsored by Connor. But um, we've talked about, I believe, the last couple episodes. Essentially, we're going to be given our MMA award show. We have eight categories. Um, fighter of the year, fight of the year, knockout of the year, card of the year, performance of the year, comeback fighter of the year, rookie of the year, and breakthrough of the year. And then we're going to move on. We're going to give our, our personal predictions for who we think holds the belt in each division at this time next year. And then we preview um, all the big fights that we want to see in the year 2021. So we're going to jump right into it. The Casuals MMA Awards Breakthrough Fight, excuse me, break, yeah, Breakthrough Fighter of the Year. Now I'm just Tony Ferguson fan. Who is your Breakthrough Fighter of the Year? Um, I thought this was a pretty obvious one. I had Kevin Holland coming out of nowhere for a 5-0 year. I think that's a pretty straightforward one what about you I think it's straightforward but it's not so I actually gave it to Jan Blahovich and uh Kevin Holland and Brandon Moreno were my two other runner-ups and I feel as though I kind of want to be different I, I think Kevin Holland definitely broke through but in a weird way in my head I feel as though winning the belt out of nowhere you can't have a really a bigger breakthrough than that and That's while fair. Kevin Holland's personal brand um overall awareness in the general mma sphere was a bigger breakthrough than anyone i feel as though blahovich winning the the belt is the biggest breakthrough especially for a guy who's way been kind of journeyman-esque he's he's traveled the globe fighting he's on the older side the wrong side of 30 realistically um no one expected him to be winning the winning the belt in the ufc let alone this year um him and his polish power truly i think came out of nowhere um He's a small contender for fighter of the year, but I gave him the breakthrough fighter of the year. That's he did win a vacated belt, though. I mean, I mean, yes, but did even with that vacated belt, I think he was like plus two eighty against Dominic Reyes. It's just idea of going start of twenty twenty. You interview anyone, and they say who's the light heavyweight belt. It's it's no not a single person when it gets Jan Blahovich. Even if they said John Jones isn't in the picture, who wins it? And uh, all respect to him. I, I just don't think you can have a bigger breakthrough than that. That is like the definition of it. Um, the way we do this and like our little, our, our little final things, we, cause it's a, a two person podcast. If there's a split vote, it is co-winner. So Kevin Holland and Jan Blahovich, I think are both deserving of the award. Kevin Holland's the mainstream pick for this, but it was, I honestly think Kazmat too is a breakthrough, but I gave him a different award. So, but uh, yeah, different co-winners for this uh, MMA awards, Jan Blahovich, Kevin Holland, co-winners of the breakthrough fighter of the year um which alini speaking kazmet the casuals mma awards rookie of the year uh, there was only one guy that i even had on my list it's kazmet dude yep. three fights two in a span of a week three performance of the night bonuses a wicked knockout one of the most dominant 
dominant performances statistically of all time. Is there anywhere else you can go? I'm hoping not, unless you found some <laughs> super low-key rookie of the year that's going to stun me. But uh, who's your pick? Agreed. I had Kazmat as well. I think is a, a no-brainer. This has required the least effort of any pick I made. It was easy, easy, easy Kazmat. Yeah, no this doubt. was just more for you, – you have to include a rookie of the year, but I, it, it, it was the most clear-cut pick out of – um, literally any one of these selections. Yeah, at least in the other ones, there was a couple of ones where I was debating. But mm-hmm. Kazmet, though, well, I guess we might as well just address it quickly during these award show. Pulled out of the Leon fight. I, how you feel about that? I mean, obviously, it sucks. It was a fight I was looking forward to. I think everyone's looking forward to it. But I don't know. I think he comes off a little disingenuous because he's always like i'll smash you whenever whenever any place he'll fight whenever that was like his whole brand and here he is pulling out of fights but i mean i have to assume it's an injury you have to yeah who who, just while we're on the topic who who do you want leon to fight i wanted kevin holland but obviously he took a fight against Derek brunson but holland would be nice i mean i don't think masvidal you think Masvidal could possibly happen? I yeah, doubt but it. I don't, I, my thing is, does Masvidal want to headline a fight night? He's probably past that. So I feel bad for him. In other words, I'm hoping they keep him on that card. So I mean, Woodley, maybe Woodley. Possibly that, that doesn't help Leon at all, at all. So now we're off topic, but that I feel like that was subtle news from today that we had to address. Big news from today that we weren't going to be addressing, but might as well throw it in there. Um, but after that little break. Very honestly, interesting award for me. Anonymous Tony Ferguson fan, who got your vote for Comeback Fighter of the Year? Um, I think I went like a little, a little out of the uh, ordinary for this one. I went with Brian Ortega. Ooh, he was on my list. So, The Athletic, which is honestly where we got, they gave the the general guideline for like what awards you want to add. We added a couple of our own, but. They had Glover Teixeira. Glover Teixeira is not going to get a vote from either. I gave it to Robert Whitaker. Um, yeah, I think that's a good. I think it's a good one as well. So Brian Ortega was on my list. He was second. Glover Teixeira was actually third. Um, my reasoning behind Whitaker is you had a guy who dealt with. I wouldn't call it mental health is strong, but he, he his drive for the sport he said was diminished after um, the loss to Israel Adesanya. We saw him come out and say that he did struggle, I guess, in a way with some mental health problems. And he pulled out. He just wanted to focus on his mental health, as all athletes should. And it kind of goes back to my reasoning with um, why I gave Break the Friday there to Jan Blachowicz. If you asked anyone, I think, at the start of this year, if Robert Whitaker would be in the title picture, I would have said no shot. Because it seemed as though he needed multiple wins to come back. Takes his break for the mental health. A lot of people are questioning him. Comes back tactical against Darren Till. Good. The fight itself, great first two rounds, kind of slow down, but still great tactical win. And he comes back against Jared Cannonier and, and decimates him. And he's right back there. And he's by far and away, I think, the number one contender in that division. And it just kind of goes back to he had the two fights. And it was him or Ortega for me because Ortega's come back. And I want you to talk about that a little more. And Glover, I think those were the clear three, but I'm going to give it to Bobby Knuckles. But what was your reasoning behind giving it to Ortega? Yeah, I think the reason – I think um, I gave it to Ortega over to Shara is just like Ortega's in line for a title shot. And as is Whitaker, that's why I like the Whitaker pick too. But 
you know, Teixeira, he's not that relevant in the title picture yet. He's still a fight away. As Sadly. He, he should be, but we just know we're MMA politics. He's, he's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing with Glover is he probably is if Israel Adesanya is on the picture, but I don't think he gets excited. But, I mean, Ortega's performance against uh, Korean Zombie was one of the was one of the best of the year. And, and uh, for a guy who dealt with both a ton of injuries, coming back from the ACL tear, coming back from the beating he took from Max Holloway, which we've literally never seen. That was one of the worst beatings of all time, like sustained beatings. Mm-hmm. And he looked great. And I think the big part, especially on that fight, which you talked about, is Ortega's known for his his um, on-the-ground abilities. He didn't even use that at all. It was just a standard war, and he butchered it. So we'll get more into Brian Ortega later. But moving on, next award, the performance of the year. So I, I Brian Ortega versus Korean Zombie was number three on my list. Number two on my list was Izzy versus Paolo Costa. But number one, all the way back in April, Justin Gaethje versus your boy Tony Ferguson. Justin Gaethje's performance wins my performance of the year. I had the same thing. I did not expect you to have that, and oh, yeah. it hurt me to do it. But, I mean, that was that was the most jaw-dropping performance of the year. I mean, opinion. Izzy, re- I really wanted to give it to Izzy, too. Like, that, those were – Ortega's against Zombie was nasty, but the title fights outweighed. I think it was a clear one-two for me. But the way Gaethje just picked Tony apart for four – going into the fifth round um, was masterful. Izzy very well could deserve it against Costa because he made Costa look small. He he looked just a league of his own, but I'm just going to give it to Gaethje because, again, maybe the Olivier fight changed a little, but we've never seen anyone do that to Tony Ferguson like that. Um, So, yeah, I gave it to Gaethje because that was just – for all that Gaethje, I guess we always knew he had the power. He has some wrestling on the ground. That was the first fight where I see that he's truly put together against an elite competitor and just it was a perfect fight for him it really was except for maybe that one little knockdown in the second but Justin so uh, that that one is a unanimous Justin Gaethje against Tony Ferguson wins yeah, I gave it to Gaethje year. over um Izzy because at the end of the day Izzy was favored to be Costa and I yeah. think he expected to be Costa whereas Gaethje I mean that just came out of absolutely nowhere so yeah I just feel as though the only thing with Izzy even though he was favored he just it was the ideas and we talked about it's just how much better he looked like he yeah. just looked outclassed Costa I don't think anyone expected that those are two great performances Gaethje is just there's also that was the first fight back with Rona that that fight will always be a, an incredibly memorable fight mm-hmm. uh, moving on the card of the year Two horse race. I gave it to two fifty six. My, my I, gave it, I gave it a two forty nine. Uh, well, we're, we're hmm. here's the deal. Like I was looking at the fights themselves. I think two forty nine had name value fights, right? So you had Tony and Gaethje, but was it Tony and Gaethje fight? It was very one sided, especially after the second. If you go through Moreno Figueroa, which you talked about, possible. We, this is literally our last pot, but set, possible fight of the year. You had Charles Oliveira coming out party, a competitive Mackenzie Dern fight. You had the potential knockout of the year in Kevin Holland. You had another TKO. You had Cub Swanson. You had Chase Hooper. Like from top to bottom, I think that card was absolutely just had every fight was great. Well, 249, you're looking at the names. But in reality, I think 256 is good. But I want to hear your reason. I mean, again, it's a two-horse race, 256 or 249. 
Uh, give me why you gave it to 249. Okay, so when I was going to make my pick, I was going to s- give the reasoning you gave. Oh, the fights were just more entertaining at 256. But if you go back, I mean, the Calvin Cater knockout was insane. I mean, that was a sick knockout. Yeah. And the Francis knockout was also insane. The Francis knockout was scary. So those are two sick knockouts right there. Yeah, you had the boring Greg Hardy fight. I mean, you had Bryce. You had Bryce Mitchell with the. You had Bryce on the prelims. You had so. I mean, both of them are really good. I'm just looking at like from top to bottom the fight themselves. I just thought were. I mean, Vincente Luque versus Nico. No, like both cards are really good. I I I'll give it to two fifty six. I I just think from top to bottom they're better. Like, dang, you had four straight KOs in the main thing from the, the big ones, the Qatar up to Gaethje. And then I mean, you it's had great Edison Cerrone in Luke. Yeah, I mean, that, that fight was – that car was nasty. But I, I'm just going to stick to my guns with recency bias and just say because from top to bottom, 256. 256 had to be more, like, memorable moments in terms of, like, our awards. Like, Holland's knockout. Moreno Figgy was the better fight. I think you just had the better moments and including top to bottom just to add the name value. But both are deserving. Um it's great for me. Which which card of which my fighter got destroyed was better. Yeah. <laughs> you, you yeah. Unlucky unlucky sports year for you, I have to admit. To say the least. Um you have college basketball. Mm-hmm. One thing I don't. Yeah. So moving on though. Now we're gonna. Now we're gonna. I would say now we're on to the big awards, right? We have big ones, but submission of the year. I gave it to AJ McKee, uh, uh, the rare Bellator appearance on this show, simply because if you have a submission that gets named after you in the year 2020, I think you should be a lock for submission of the year. Yeah. I don't know about you. I don't know what, if you were just sticking UFC or if you gave it to McKee, but that's just a very simple rationale for the, the future years of the show. If you have something called, like, I think it's the McKee joke or the, something on those lines, that gets, if you have a named after you, you're getting my award. You're getting my vote. Yeah, I, I went with that too. Lovely. <laughs> for pretty much the same reason. I mean, the people, a lot of people are giving it to Khabib over Gaethje, and I'm just like, I can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. It's just not, not the best sub I saw. It was not the best. Sub. It was the best main event sub of the year. It wasn't the best sub of the year. Yeah, I mean, wait, when did Bryce's tw- twister happen? That's even better than Khabib's. Like, I'm looking at the sub themselves. I don't think that was this year. I think that was last year. We tried. He tried to do it this year again. No, yeah, there, there, there's many. There, there are many better subs than Khabib's thing. But um, yeah, Adrian McKee. I honestly didn't even watch it live. I'm not a bet. Don't watch Bellator. Again, I'm a casual. I don't. But watching the replays, get something named after you. Um, three left and arguably the three biggest ones. Let's start. Dude, loaded year, but knockout of the year is the award. And it's absolutely loaded. It's just crazy how phenomenal the top one is that you, it's not even a thing. Joaquin Buckley gets knockout of the year. But some of the runner-ups, before you go, Kevin Holland. 256 against Shikari Souza, absurd. Cody Garbrandt against Rafael Asunko, absurd. I mean, just look at the ones that I didn't even, like write down. Qatar, as you said, against Jeremy Stevens. Francis, 
um, Sean O'Malley against Eddie Wineland. You have um, Kazmat's knockout. You have uh, Yuri Prezaka's knockout. Like, they were so many. And Joaquin Buckley's shit right out of the matrix is just a clear winner. And yeah, I mean, I had Buckley as well. It's a no-brainer, but I mean, on any other year, I could easily see Garbrandt or um, Holland winning knockout of the year. Yeah, I mean, Garbrandt. What would you give it to if you if you take Buckley out of the equation? Kevin Holland. I think I would give it Garbrandt. Dude, Kevin Holland's off the back. I, I mean, it's also no. Rafael Asenko on that knockout was just an idiot. <laughs> But like, there's something about that knockout that's just something about it. Every time I watch it, it's just – Well, I agree with you. What, the way the bell sounds, like literally right as he connects, the way he just loaded up. But if you watch it the first 10 seconds, I don't know what was happening. Like Garbrandt's like just like this with his hands down, and Asunko's just like – it's just such a stupid like chain of events that lead to it. Yeah, that's fair. But that card was like... also kind of nasty. If you, what sucks is the main event was very boring. But the that was the Aljo sub – um, Sugar against Eddie Wineland and Cody all on the same card. That was, yeah, that was a great card. Nasty card. Um, so hockey, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. I said in the lead up, any other year, this thing is entirely competitive, and there was there's always going to be a bunch of contenders. But like Kevin Holland wins in pretty much every other year. But Joaquin Buckley's knockout, all time. Where do you think is that knockout better than Jorge against Askren, Buckley? I mean, skill wise, keep in mind, like skill wise, absolutely no doubt. But in terms of the level and how it happened, I don't think anything can top the Masvidal Askren for me. It's the more Connor Aldo's up there. The the Eddie, I mean, Connor will always be up there just because I gotta love Connor, but the Connor Aldo, but I feel like Askren Masvidal is just still the greatest knockout I've ever seen live. Mm. I, I would agree. But Buckley. But like, I'm talking like in terms of skill, though, and how hard the actual knockout is. I mean, it's probably Buckley. Like, it, it's it's unimaginable to this day how he did it. Like, and dude's legit. We talked about it on one of our shows. Joaquin Buckley is like a legit prospect. I mean, yeah, I think the Masvidal knockout was more of just like good strategy and yeah. good, good like execution. And Buckley's is just like freakish athleticism mixed with timing and i mean just everything about it and also in both instances though like with Askren and then buckley knocked out in buck i don't know how to say his last name but both of them just like fell stiff as a board just Mm -hmm. like eyes rolling back um moving on fight of the year who's your vote for fight of the year I gave it a Moreno and Figgy. Wow. I, I was wrong. It, it, it's Whaley. I, I, I'm rare to say the votes wrong. It's Whaley versus Joanna. Here's, so. yeah, here's the deal. Moreno and Figgy. Joanna and Whaley went for five rounds of just absurd nonstop action. Figgy and Moreno were on that pace until the fifth round when nothing happened. I don't know how you can vote for that when nothing happened in the fifth. And then Hooker, Hooker and... Poirier is a distant third. But deserves, I, I just think there's an honorable mention. The Figueredo and Moreno is just so like impactful. Like that's such like an impactful fight. How is how is fight of the year gonna be a split split winner? That is bad on us. You're wrong. No, I no, I think it Whaley, has to be Whaley and Ioana is just clear. 
I come on. that like oh my god. Moreno and Figgy kept that up for five rounds, and yes, but they didn't. It was a four out of five rounds were just absurd, and the fifth the fifth round was not good. The fifth <laughs> round wasn't great, but the first four rounds were just carnage. <laughs> I think you haven't. You didn't. I, I think you need to get your homework today is to go watch Wei Li Yuan and think about your poor decision. You're just as bad as Chris Lee. God. I'm not Ruining the integrity of the vote. No. I, I think the impact that that fight has on the entire flyweight division is just... It's no shit. It's a division it's that was dead. It's a division that was dead a few... Not too long ago. And now... I mean, come on. You're pulling a Ramona Shelbourne, like when she voted for LeBron for MVP based on the narrative. You're, 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 you're voting on your narrative rather than actually the, the actual fight. I'm disappointed in you. I'm okay. disappointed. Okay. Fighter of the year, the last of our awards. Let's see if, let's see if anonymous Dougie Ferguson fan messes this one up. I, I gave it to, to Figgy Smalls. So the title fights, even though he missed weight for one, uh, 3-0-1 in them. One of the, 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 I guess, a co-winner of Fight of the Year. Um, just makes it look easy. As you said, brought the flyweight division back from the dead. Kevin Holland deserves an honorable mention. 5-0 and in the year. But this, this for me, was Debison all the way. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, it's hard not to give it to him because the fights he had were title fights. And just the way he won them, the way he put the division on his back, the fact that he defended like 23 days after again. Crazy. And a day before in the hospital. And won the fight if you don't take the point away. Yeah. I mean, Clear. And no, he would have won the fight if that judge didn't give Marina the fifth. Mm-hmm. There was a lot. Mar- Figgy pretty much won the fight. Should have won the fight if the judges weren't weird and if he didn't kick Moreno in the balls. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Not much to talk about. I think we discussed it. Figgy, if Figgy didn't lose... um. At 256, I'm pretty sure he's locked in as fight of the year. You gotta, you gotta hate it for Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland had one of like the greatest all-time years ever. Five and no, should have been a knockout of the year, but too bad for him. He just had Figgy Smalls and the Joaquin Buckley knockout to deal with, or else that um, he would have been a multi-time winner in this award. But moving on, we focused on 2020. That's actually gonna wrap up our 2020 coverage. This uh, mm-hmm. first season, I guess, of the casuals, 2020 season. But let's look ahead to 2021 and let's predict who we see as at this time next year, December, we're recording December 29th, 2021. Who is the champion in each division? Let's start on the women's side of things. Who is your woman's strawweight champion at the end of 2021? I went with. One second. I went with um, I had Thug Rose. Namunas. You had so you have Thug Rose winning the bell over Wei Li. Yeah. So you have her. So let's we can dive into it. So you have her beating Wei Li first like quarter of twenty twenty one, and then def- defending how many times? Who said she had to defend? Oh, so you Wei think, defend. So you think she just wins once? Interesting. My thing is, I have Wei Li retaining her belt because I like Thug Rose a lot, 
but she did kind of get pieced up against Jessica Andrade, and I just think Whaley is the clear best. I want to see the Yo. I will get into what fights we want to see. I, I think Whaley is going to be a heavy favorite, as she should be, against um, Rose Namahunas. Uh, I mean, it's a spoiler. I'm the women's division. I like that you changed the women's division. I see remaining pretty status quo. I just don't see the. Cont- I think the four, the, the three champions are just far superior to their competition, except for a couple instances. So. I think Whaley retains. Um, I think she actually fights twice. I think obviously the next one should be Rose. I mean, there's Dana saying them doubt, but I think she fights one more time. First, mm-hmm. first quarter of the year, and then the last quarter of the year is my two. I think she has like a bookends kind of fight. Um, Who do you think she fights? Joanna again? Yeah, I think that's what happens. I think it's Rose and Joanna. Um, woman's flyweight. I'm just say I'll start. I'm Valentina. No one can touch her in that division. I don't think there's anything to discuss. Um, Jessica Andrade is at least is a new enticing option, but Valentina is just in a league of her own. She's going to be my woman's flyweight champion. Yep, I went, I went with her as well. I think that's pretty, pretty obvious. And then I combined them, bantamweight and featherweight. As long as she doesn't retire, Amanda Nunez will be the champion in both. Yeah, I mean, if she's simple. winning, she's not losing. So she's the greatest of all time. It's it's very simple. Now, prediction: I do think she retires in the next two years, and it could very well be this year. In which case, Dana, I think, would scrap the featherweight division. We might not have a new one, but I'm just you, I'm not going to predict a retirement and then try and predict a winner. So, as long as she's there, man, and you're going to be. Moving yeah. on to the men's side of things. Try to get too bold and try to predict Amanda Nunez to not be the champ. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I don't think it's unrealistic to say, oh, I think Amanda Nunez retires. She defends her belt and retires, and then there's a new champ at the end of the year. I don't think that's, that wouldn't be a hot take. It would just look really stupid on the graphic that I'm going to go design. I didn't feel like doing that. So um, on the men's side of things, though, let's, let's pivot. So other than you having Thug Rose beating Wei Lee and then not defending, Woman's woman's side of things is going to stay pretty status quo. Men's side of things in 2020, three out of the eight belts were were changed. So I was trying to keep that in mind. I think that's pretty. I, I'm sure some years are most, but I would assume that maybe three to four is the average. So let's start the flyweight division. We were just talking about them: Davidson Figueroa, the Brandon Moreno fight, really fully brought it back from the dead. Who's your champion at the end of the 2021 in the flyweight? I stuck with Figgy. Yeah, I just uh, Moreno. I the the if there's a rematch, I think Figgy easily wins. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone else is really touching him in that division. Garbrandt? No, no way. Gar Garbrandt. I don't think Tejudo would come back to to uh, flyweight, so I think he he'll retain. That's the key. I think Figgy is very a very much a candidate to move up to 135, but I don't think Dana schedule if he does that i don't think dana schedules a interim or has a vacate so figgy's i think the clear best in that division i think he seems content with at least staying although i think he's gonna i think there's the moreno rematch let's say march april and then there's a garbrandt fight down the line which i think lines up for figgy to clearly be the flyweight champ i would i would put i would be confident betting on this i think he's a heavy i think i don't i don't think Vegas does. They might. I haven't looked. Does like 
props on who do you think is going to be the champion, but I think Figgy is a heavy favorite. So not, not too hot take there. Um, a loaded division, though. I, mm-hmm. I assume you're going to go with your boy. If you don't, I'm going to be surprised. Bantamweight 2021 champion is? I did not go with my boy. I went with, I went with Cejudo. I went with Cejudo. Cejudo comes back. I think, he, I think Aljo, this is what's going to happen. I think Aljo beats Jan, takes the belt. Cejudo. So you are picking your boy. Cejudo potentially fights someone like Dillashaw, beats him, and then gets oh, and takes out Aljamain. Wait, you think Cejudo doesn't get an instant title shot? I think he might want to. I think he wants a money fight and then a title shot. No, I think he would take the title shot. I don't think he cares about the. Uh, You're I playing. I don't think he cares about the belt as much as he cares about the money. Oh, he absolutely do, cares about the I, money. I do think one way or another, he's going to keep the belt. He's going to get the belt. Who'd you have? So. I was kind of looking at it. I'm like, I don't want to go full balls to the wall. So there was like one champion that I'm like, I very well could see a change, but I'm just going to stick with the current. So I, I stuck with Peter Jan, right? Because every year I feel like there's somebody's like, oh, the belt's going to change and it just doesn't. I think that's one of those years. I think in our conversations, I think you discount Peter Jan a lot. Um, I think that dude is the real deal. I think if Cejudo comes back, it's at 145, 35. Um, mm-hmm. The Dillashaw's out there lurking. I think Peter Yon beats Aljo. I'm interested. I think the Dillashaw versus Peter Yon fight's going to be fireworks. But I, I, that's one of those. I, I do think Peter Yon's the real deal. I, I, that just screamed as a division that I'm like, oh, that's belts definitely changing hands. But it's like a, it's like deceiving. You know what I mean? I think that's the division where everyone's going to predict a possible change. I'm just going to kind of go against the grain, and I think Peter Yon retains his belt. Yeah, I think that's actually like a bold pick by you. I think that's actually yeah. a bold pick. I don't think that would be the favorite. Like, if you're going with the favorites to hold the belt, I don't know. I don't know. I there's feel a like a ton of guys who could get to it, but I don't think there's a clear cut favorite. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? Like, if, I don't know if you did that in yours. There's a couple of divisions out there where I'm like, oh, that there's some due to like retirements that are, I think, definitely going to change hands. Mm-hmm. Like, if Khabib retires, lightweight is going to. I mean, Steve has been talking about retirement for a while. Um, but Bantamweight just seems like one where there's so many contenders that so many people are predicting that belt to change hands. I'm going to go against the grain. And think like maybe people are overthinking it, and Peter Yan is the real deal. So at the end of 2021, I think, um, he, I think he fights twice, and I think he wins both. Featherweight, though, another, another division with loaded contenders. Boganowski, the current champion. I'll start with us. I have Brian Ortega as the, the champion at the end of 2021. Um, the Cejudo like fight is kind of throwing me off. But my possible hot take is if Ortega fights Cejudo, I think Ortega wins. So I think the Ortega that we saw against Korean Zombie was just another level. I mean, Max is still out there. There's a lot at play, but Brian Ortega looked like he was a, a legit future champion in that Korean Zombie fight. I think he would be hot take the favorite against Alexander Volkanovsky. I think he beats Volk. Um, there might be one. I, I could very well see him winning the belt and then has the year off, but I think there's a possible Cejudo fight or a Holloway rematch, um, assuming that Holloway gets through guitar there. So, But Ortega's the real deal. Um, he looks like he's recovered nicely from the Holloway fight two years ago. 
and he just looked dominant against top tier opponents. So I'm I'm gonna buy in. Brian Ortega is my end of 2021 flyweight champ, uh, featherweight, excuse me, champion. I went I went with Max. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay, so but but I do think I do think you're right that Ortega will beat Volkanovski. Yeah, and that's you know, how Max gets it back. I'm talking though, like I think Vegas that fight's more than likely going to be the first featherweight belt action we'll see, unless Hudo sometimes jumps in there. But I'm being serious. Like I think Ortega Vegas will make him the favorite. I think it'll be close. I don't know if I buy the Volkanovski. But let me ask. Let me ask you this hypothetically. Good, but hypothetically, let's say Max batters Calvin, just destroys him, and looks like looks like it looks like prime Max. I'm not saying it'll happen. I'm just saying hypothetically. The key is you. You Volk can't have the belt. If Volk doesn't have the belt, you can set it up. I don't know if people really want to see Volk Max. But this is what I'm saying. If he batters Qatar, and Volk scrapes past Ortega, does Max get another shot at a? No, I think because who who else do you give a shot to other than how long Nate is Yair? Yair's out. He's suspended. Zabit. There's literally no one else that deserves a title shot at that point. Cejudo. Yeah, that's where, he, that's where if Volk if Volk beats, let's say Volk beats Ortega, I think Cejudo's getting the 145 shot. Mm, and then so I would and then I would guess Max is just Max is just there. And then you get no no, no then you get Max a beat. Let's say that happens. Cejudo Ortega, excuse me, Cejudo Volk, and then Max or uh, Zabit. And then winner fights winner. So you think you think coming off of the close loss at 251, where many, many, many people, including Dana White, think that Max won, he's got to fight two guys to get to the belt again? Depending on how – if Cejudo – I'm saying this. If Volk beats Ortega, which I don't think is happening, and Cejudo wants that fight, Dana will choose Cejudo over Max Holloway, if, even if Max looks fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I think the money fight if would be isn't Cejudo back, and Max. Then you might have to go with Max because he's the most deserving. And the difference with this trilogy is I think a majority of people think Max will won. So it's not as though it's, oh, Volk won both. I would just be rightfully pissed off if I'm Volk because now you're like, you just want this guy to win. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I would not be surprised if sometime this year Volk if, – if, well, I, know, I wouldn't be surprised because I don't think Volk will win. But if Volk is the champion and Sahuda's not there, I think you kind of have to book the trilogy, even though mm. – I, I don't know. It, it, that's an interesting thing. But I think Ortega wins, and I think he beats anyone in his path. The only interesting one to make me kind of pause is Ortega Holloway again. But I, I think Ortega would avenge his loss. I think he looks – he just looked different. So mm. that's why I'm, I'm going with Ortega. Um, next division to me – like the hardest one because I you just don't know what Khabib's deal is. So I think I'm saying Khabib's retired. Do you see Khabib? Like, did you see what he said? So he said in his like, I don't know where he said it. He said he expects Poirier Connor to be for the belt. My only thing is like, wouldn't that be such a troll job to both of them to like say that and then they're all hyped thinking like, oh, he's retired, and then Khabib just like doesn't. Well, I think Dana's having this meeting with him, and I think if he retires, they're gonna make that fight for the belt. Why wouldn't you if he retires? Dana's so much more confident. Like, everything Khabib said is pointing to retirement. But everything Dana says is pointing to him not retiring. I'm under – so I'm, I'm saying he's retired. I'm going to take the man for his word. I'm going to – even the latest statement that he thinks that will be for a belt. But I don't have Poirier or Connor holding the belt. I have Justin Gaethje being the lightweight champion at the end of 2021. Interesting. 
Interesting. Very interesting. Um, I think it's a good call. I have Tony Ferguson. I, I'd be happy with Gaethje holding the belt at the end of the year. I'm a Raiders fan. Call me a prisoner of the moment. Tell me I'm having recency bias. But I'm going with Charles Oliveira. Again, neither. Very interesting that neither of us believe in Connor to either win or, or stay or Poirier. I think there's a path for Connor. Oh, I think if, if Connor beats, I'm talking end of 2021 though. And like, because I, I, this is what I'm thinking. I think it's very possible Connor holds the belt in 2020. Yeah, the, the, I don't path, think the path for Connor is win against. Win against Poirier, January. A July fight against Gaethje, mm-hmm. right? That's the fight that they would 100% book over Charles. And then it's a matter is does he fight again? Let's say he wants to do his like season this year, three fights. Beats Poirier, wins the belt, defends against Gaethje. And then, then that third fight, I feel like could just be a, a money fight. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I, I don't think they would want to Charles. Here's why I went with. I wanted to go Oliveira, but. Dude, I, it's just hard to envision him being the champion. I know that sounds like a really like terrible analysis, kind of like a dick comment, but Gaethje, I think, is so Chandler. Way. When Chandler, when it got announced, Chandler is probably going to fight Hooker. Yeah, that's when I thought, okay, Oliveira is going to be champ because this is what I see happening. I see Connor and Poirier fighting, and then I think Oliveira and Gaethje are going to fight, and I think Oliveira beats Gaethje. See, I'm the opposite. I think Gaethje beats Oliviera. That's the thing. Okay. I think. I think. And he, I, I don't think Connor can beat Oliviera. I think that's a terrible matchup for him. Terrible matchup. And I'm saying that as like a fan who believes. My thing is Gaethje. Jiu-Jitsu is too good. I think Gaethje's ground game matches up better with Charles than he did Khabib in that weirdest way. I don't really know why. I just think he he, he like I don't know like. Charles Oliveira is really good, but I, I, I tried to maybe think outside person at the moment. I think Gaethje just – my thing with Connor is I think Connor goes off and does something else, just like he always does, which is why I have a hard time seeing him retaining at the end of 2020 as much as I want to, just because he's just so unpredictable. So then it you're could be a situation where Connor wins the belt and then like maybe like Gaethje or Oliveira gets an interim belt. Yeah, I just don't see Connor holding it at the end of the 2020. I think he could fight Manny. I think it could go up a class, or I honestly, I, I'm still don't know if Connor beats Poirier. I don't think he would beat Charles. Gaethje would be a crazy fight. I just think there's a lot more avenues where I don't see Connor holding it. So let's say I, I'm instant. I've ruled out Connor pretty quickly just because I feel like he's such a wild card. I don't want to hedge my prediction on him. So that left me with Poirier, Gaethje, and Olivier as the only real contenders, and. I would love for Poirier to hold it. I think he's a good guy. And that means me making a prediction that he beats Connor, which even if I haven't made, I don't want to do that just as a Connor fan. So like, and so then I'm down to Gaethje Olivier. I just think Gaethje looks so tactical and he just looks great. And I think you can just dismiss the Khabib loss because it's against Khabib. And I, I think he generally might be one of the best talents all around without Khabib there in that division. I think he matches up nicely with Poirier. I'm going to go with, 
by gut, and I think he beats Charles Olivier, and I think he beats anyone else there. So I'm I'm going with Justin Gaethje. I mean, this was this was a brutal division to pick because this was kind of nice though because this was the one division where I didn't have to think about the current champion as a contender. I guess. But like you don't you don't know what they're gonna book. You don't, and there's just so many guys that you could see having it. It I mean, if there's one division I'm excited for in 2021, it's lightweight and it's heavyweight. I mean, those are the two divisions yeah. that I can't. Lightweight's win. always the best. Yeah. Um, moving on though, welterweight. I mean, there's some names in welterweight, but I I stuck with Kamaru Usman. This is a division that I don't think. Excuse me, the belt changes hands. The style may be boring. He's shown that he can agree. I just think, at least for this year, I think Usman's has another dominant year. I think he beats Gilbert Burns. Um, although that fight, I am I wouldn't call it like I'm excited for, but I'm very interested to see how that fight plays out. But I think Usman beats. Gilbert Burns, I think he fights one more time, barring an injury. And I don't know who that second fight is against. Really Probably Covington. Maybe. But Maybe Kazmat. <laughs> Leon. Like, there's some names yeah. in there, but I think Usman matches up really well with all of them. The, honestly, hot take, maybe not really a hot take. The only one who I, I legitimately see posing problems for Usman is um, Colby. So I, I agree with you that Covington poses a big problem. But I think Gilbert Burns is going to present a huge problem for this guy. Interesting. So and when I wrote down – when I was making my predictions, I wrote down – I wrote down Gilbert Burns. And then I, I deleted it, and I was like, no, I got to stick with Usman. <laughs> but I, I wrote down Gilbert Burns. But I, I just think Usman just, is just too this good. This is also like – I sometimes do the things where instead of actual analysis and breakdown, I just do like – can I envision that happening? And I just can't envision Gilbert Burns being the champion. And defending it. Because he's he'll defend it so much. He, he'll fight all the time. Damian Maya and Tyron Woodley, who sucks. And I don't know if I can buy him as a legit contender with those two wins. The thing with Usman, though, is he's so – I think we both would like to pick against him because he's so, like – He's boring. His fighting is boring. His trash talk is even worse. He's lame, but he's a really good at what he does. And he's an Ali guy, but he's – I'm not saying he's Khabib-level dominant, but he's insane, man. Like, his performance against Masvidal, like, that was masterful. It's People only, shit on the foot stomps and stuff, but the guy is a beast. And he showed with the Colby fight, the dude can throw hands. Yeah. The dude's stand-up is not bad. Um, he dominated Woodley. My thing with Usman, it's always really funny to me that, like, when he fights, he, even though he just started, it's always funny that, like, who did this guy lose to? I know. Submitted by Jose Caceres at CFA 11 in May 2013. Imagine being that guy. That guy, Jose Caceres, is out there. We should get this guy on the pod. Let's get Jose Caceres in the pod and ask him how on earth he beat Mary Usman. Because I feel like you also – fall into the trap though sometimes of like oh i just don't until the guy loses it's it's hard to imagine him losing and usman is one of those guys is he's another where at this current moment i just until they actually do lose i'm never gonna bet against them i just don't see how i i I totally agree like i can see jan losing i can see um volk easily losing honestly i could see even figgy losing um but honestly figgy's i could see a way but i'm not currently like really buying it, but Usman and Izzy are the two that I'm like, I just don't don't see them losing. Which goes into middleweight. 
Izzy's foray into light heavyweight made me kind of want to be bold and pick Robert Whitaker as like an interim champ. But for the time being, I'm just going to say that Izzy retains his middleweight belt. But this one was really confusing for me because we'll get into it. The light heavyweight foray kind of threw me off, but I'm just going to go basic and say arguably one of the greatest middleweights ever. I don't think it's hard saying that. And one of the best pound for him fighters retains his belt in the middleweight division for now. It's just a question of, I don't know if he fights for it, which sounds really stupid. I think he has to fight at least once, but I don't know against who. Yeah, so I went uh, with Kazmat. What? No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, did, I did go with Whitaker. I did go with okay. Whitaker, but I assume, I'm assuming Izzy vacates. He okay. So anyway, he vacates. Yeah, that, that's smart. I mean, I, I wanted to do it, but I just didn't know the path. I think... I mean, Whitaker deserves to fight for the belt. I could totally see it being an interim champion situation. And, like, I, I just can see if Izzy needs that... middleweight. Middleweight is dry. Yeah, it is. It's dry, man. It doesn't help, though, because Izzy's beating everybody. And every and then Whitaker's kind of beating all the other contenders. Mm-hmm. If Cannoneer beat Whitaker, we're having a whole different story. If Till beat Whitaker, we're having a whole different story. But we're not. I mean... Marvin Vittori, honestly. Honestly, Marvin Vittori was a guy who I had on my shortlist for breakthroughs of the year, even though I only fought once. I mean, I could see Vittori getting it. I could maybe see Paulo Costa if Izzy vacates. If Izzy doesn't vacate, Izzy will be the champion. Yeah, my issue is – not issue. My one thinking with keeping Izzy as the champ is Izzy feels like an MMA fighter who wants to defend both, kind of like Nunez. Like I could totally see him wanting to hop back and forth. It's hard, but I could see him. It's just very hard, as you said. If he goes to light heavyweight, history shows on the men's side that there's usually means a vacation, like a, a vacation of the belt. Is that the word? Is that a word? I think it's vacation. <laughs> it is, right? We have to vacate the belt. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Connor did it. DC did it. Um, so, honestly, I don't think Izzy holding the belt in that division is probably – it's a, only a small favorite, to be honest, because – Record shows because then there's the John Jones fight out there. There's just a lot going on. That well, I mean, I think the argument for more Izzy to retain the belt would be for him to lose to Jan Blahovich because then he'd go back to middleweight. Yeah, but the this shouldn't be like a hard to predict division, but it is just because of that foray. So let's talk about it light heavyweight. Part of me really wanted to have John Jones here saying that Izzy beats Jan and then Jones beats Izzy. I think that fight happens later on, like in two years, 2022. So further, so I'm saying at the end of 2020, the only thing, did Cejudo vacate? No, Cejudo, oh, I guess he did. I'm just going to say at the end of 2021, that was just a random thing about double champ. At the end of 2021, I have Izzy as both the middleweight and light heavyweight champ. I, I had Izzy as light heavyweight too. I think he beats Jan and he just, again, murderer's row. He'll just check guys off one by one by one. Yeah. I did, that's why I could see him defending it. I think he could beat Jan. Maybe he, he, he fights Jan, then fights someone else, and then he goes back down to middleweight. I, I just think I, – I don't know if Dana wants to take the belt from him. No, if Izzy continues his thing of, I want to fight a lot. And with that, like, with that idea behind it, I think Dana would be a little more content to leave him. So, yeah, not much to talk there. But now the big one, heavyweight. Stipe Francis is in the work. John Jones is lurking. How do you see it playing out? And who's your heavyweight champion at the end of 2021? I see Francis 
Beating Stipe. Okay. I like it. I like it. That's and what then, When was Dana planning on that? They broke that. March, right? Isn't there I think March. March? I think one of the two March cards. Okay. Then, I mean, I, I hate to just be like, oh, John Jones, John Jones, John Jones, but I think John Jones would piece, would just pick Francis apart. Yeah. So I have John Jones as my heavyweight champion, except I see it. I think Stipe Francis happens. Dude, I, my thing is, because I think Stipe is in a hard position where if I'm trying to put it like psychologically in a way, if Stipe beats Francis, honestly, Stipe probably been looking to retire. But then if he retires after the Francis fight, everyone would be accusing him of ducking John Jones. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I would assume if he wins, he probably stays for John Jones and his not a hot take. Stipe, I think, is this is Stipe's last year fighting. I think regardless, in the year 2021, John Jones is going to fight for the heavyweight strap. Yeah, I think that, that's going to be a – the thing is, it's a, if, Fran, if Fran, let's say Stipe wins, Stipe's going to ask for a lot of time off. Because one of his issues why he lost to DC in the first time is he didn't take enough time off because even though he beat Francis, still getting touched by Francis is just brutal. So let's say that happens in March and Stipe wins. Honestly, I, I, wouldn't, I would guess like a November, December John Jones fight. Like my, a Stipe win means John Jones, I think, only fights once. A Stipe win means that Stipe probably didn't get hit by too much of Francis's shots. Bro, but he literally said the reason he lost to DC is even though he, he wrestled um, Francis but gave the win, he got touched up a couple of times. Look at his face after. He's going to need the time off even if he wins. So I think Dana just wants to get Jones back out there. I mean, he's been on the sideline wherever. Yeah. Francis John Jones is a lot more exciting than – no. Francis versus John Jones is a lot more marketable, but Stipe versus John Jones is a lot more exciting. John Jones just also looks huge. So we're both going with John Jones, but that leads us into – we're kind of talking about it. Our last segment for this show is what are the fights you want to see in 2020? I came up with 10. You have a little less than that. Um, do you want to just read them off? I say we just read them off. I ranked mine in order. Just read them off, and then we'll discuss after we both read our lists. Okay. So one fight that I know I know for a fact you won't have this on your list. I have a feeling nobody would have this on their list of fights they want to see. But I want to see it because the fight that left me the most angry and upset after it in the entire year of 2020 was Volkanovski Holloway 2. That fight pissed me off to no end. I have a, I have a hatred for Alexander Volkanovsky, and I, w- I want to see a trilogy. I want to see the third fight. I'm sure no one listening wants to hear it. I'm sure you don't want, you don't want to see it, I mean, but I want that fight. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know if I, I don't know if I don't want to see it. It's just not, it's not on my list. I will tell you that. It is not on my list. What, what else do you have on your list? Tony Ferguson versus Paul Felder. Really? Yeah, I, I think that would be a, that's the perfect fight for Tony next. Okay. Uh, I had Jones against Francis, and I also had Jones against Izzy. Either one of those would be unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I had Figgy versus Cody, and that would be a a sick fight. I would I would love to see that fight. Interesting. Okay. Um. I had um, Khabib Oliveira. Yeah, that was on my list too. I think that would be – I mean, if you, if you want to see like ground, like porn, just 
yeah. the best jujitsu guy against I, the best wrestler. I mean, that writing that down, I'm like, I'm definitely in the prison of the moment right now. But I want to see that. It's so true that every fighter who fights Khabib in the belt is, oh, this is a guy to present the the hardest thing. But You've never fought like a guy with jujitsu yeah. like that. Like Charles, that would be that would be a sick fight. But let's be honest, that that fight has like almost a zero percent chance of happening. It's happening. Zero percent chance. Um, it has a 0.2% chance of happening. I had Aljo and Cejudo. Okay. Um, I think that would be a great fight. Um, that's pretty much it. I, oh, Masvidal Covington. I think that would be a, a banger. I'd love to see it. Um, so I'll, I'll go mine in order from 10 to 1. So at 10 and 9, I have two of just my guys, kind of like you have with Ferguson fights I want to see. So I had Bryce Mitchell versus Ryan Hall. Kind of the same with uh, Charles uh, Oliveira and Khabib. Those are two of like, the best ground guys in that division. Ryan Hall's been calling for a fight. That fight is just ground porn and a good step up in competition for Bryce. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. Well, I, and it's probably a, uh, a, a step up, but I want to see Sugar Sean O'Malley against Cody Garbrandt. Um, I like mm. their little rivalry. I would hope that Sugar can get back in the win column, maybe get a couple wins, and then I'm talking like a late December fight but i want to see that i think that would also be a really good fight I, i'm interested to see it I, sugar needs to get back on the win column that's kind of a asterisk fight sugar barring he, he goes back I to where he should be and uh, i i want to see the cody sugar fight i think that's a 2022 fight not a 2021 fight yeah I, I want to see it though i want to see it back in the 2021 so the next eight that i have are like the more of those were the two of my fan ones. but at eight as you mentioned you said it could be versus charles Oliveira. no really chance but i would love to see that just from a, a true mma fan perspective at seven i want to see whaley versus joanna too i was going to say that i left that one out that would be a good one i want to see that fight that fight was i thought joanna won that fight was genuinely, I think, the closest of the year on, like, the scorecards. Like, I think that generally could have gone all the way. It needs to be run back. Um, fight was – I mean, that was my fight of the year. So, absolutely, I think that should win, uh, be run back. So, at six, I have Cejudo against Volkanovski. But that's kind of like a – I want to say Cejudo versus whoever the featherweight champ is. Although, I think the only way he does it truly is if it's Volk. Because I think – Volk and Cejudo matchup for Cejudo is a nice matchup. So I want to see that fight. Really, I want to see Cejudo go for his third belt, which would be um, crazy. And, and in a weird way, I kind of want to see Cejudo back. I don't think I'd say that, but he's just mm-hmm. such a talent. So I do want to see that. So that's Cejudo versus Volk, but really whoever the featherweight champ is, I would love to see. Other like a Cejudo versus Ortega fight, I think Ortega demolishes Cejudo. Um, even Max Mag. At five, so my top five, I have Nunez versus Valentina, uh, three. Just the two greatest women's fighters of all time. The trilogy. I know Nunez won twice. Um, the second one was kind of in question. I do think they should run it back. Um, so that's in my top five. I think that would be a great way if Nunez wins that to uh, go out on that. Uh, four, you mentioned at Masvidal Covington. I want to see those as the coaches of the ultimate fighter. Uh, the bad blood there is real. The only thing I worry about with that fight is that fight's more for the like intrigue building up to it because I could totally see that fight being just Masvidal Usman over again. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like the, the, that was like the Woodley versus Covington of all that bad blood ended up being just Covington just ground grappling. I mean, just grappling the fuck out of Tyron the entire time. So I, that fight itself, I don't know if I'm the most excited for, but in terms of the intrigue and the build up to it is top notch. 
Uh, three, Stipe versus John Jones. I kind of touch on it. I think that's the best stylistic matchup we've seen in that heavyweight thing. Um, and then top two, been said, Izzy, John Jones, electric, and then Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz, three. We yeah. have to see the trilogy fight. That's my That will always be on the top of my list for the next couple of years. So I have a few more, actually. Oh, please do. Hamzat and Holland. I think I just something about that buildup. I don't think it'll happen. I, I would love to see it. Okay. This is one that I'm, sh- I'm out of the clouds. At welterweight, Nate Diaz fighting Tony Ferguson. Okay. You are- I mean, Tony, uh, welterweight on the offense fighter. I think maybe it would serve him right to go up. You're maybe too much. You are you are a. Uh- a nut hugging fan right now, trying to give Tony all these fights. Or that'd be a good fight. Or Nate, Nate versus Leon. Are you just telling me like random fights that now you just want to see, or you want me to actually include these on your list? No, you don't. You don't have to include these, but I just I would like to see Nate back in action. Nate versus anyone. You put that on my list. Nate versus anyone. Nate versus there's no one matchup that makes a ton of sense for Nate right now, but. I'm surprised you – I guess because Connor is booked, so there's no really big ones for him. So you don't have Connor on your list. Interesting. I, I, I like – our lists are – is definitely more different than I anticipated. You know what? You can put – because I don't want to see my two of my guys fight. I don't like Connor and Gaethje. I don't, I don't want to see that. I mean, that would be a great fight. I had a few honorable mentions of fights I do not want to see happen. Oh, yes. I like this. You're innovating. I love it. Okay. I don't even – I'm not prepared for this. Honor and Oliveira, I do not want oh, to see. Oh, you mean this as like us as fans that I do? Yes, as fans. Oh, okay. Yeah, and sure. Sugar um, against Dabashvili. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. I hate that. I don't want to see that. No way. No way do I want to see that. Yeah, I don't want to see Connor against Charles either. Something so to a level of fandom where, like, as a fan, you don't want to see your guy against anyone. I know it sounds really stupid, but you're just so fearful of the loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Connor and Charles, I don't want to see, do not want to see Sugar. I think one mother fight I want to see is Khabib against GSP. Oh, I want to see that. I don't care. I, I just, I don't want to, I have no interest in watching GSP fight anymore. No, well, GSP would lose. Wait, who, who, who don't you want to see Tony fight? Oh, my God. I mean, Everybody. honestly, no one. I mean, there's no one who I – I mean, I wouldn't want him to fight. If they book him against Michael Chandler, you'd be happy? Uh, I hate Michael Chandler. I just – Imagine I, Tony I, losing to Michael Chandler. It depends. Can if Chandler him? loses to Hooker, then no. I don't, want, I don't want Michael Chandler. But, like, I don't know. Mike, does Michael Chandler get a title shot this year? Yes. Absolutely not. If he wins the, the right fights, absolutely. Dana loves that guy. For some unknown reason. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for Dan Hooker in that fight. Me too. Me too. So, all right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us. Our great show. Three great segments. Our MMA awards, our fighter champion at the end of the 21 predictions, and our fights we most want to see. Um, thank you, as always, for listening. Um, tune in. All podcast platforms follow us at at 610 podcast but for anonymous tony ferguson for myself see you guys next time